0: The Church Media Podcast episode 196, Rethinking Communication with Phil Battle, part two. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast.
1: The definitive podcast for helping you create
2: dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church.
3: Exclusive interviews and church media training from From the the best best minds minds in ministry ministry and Christian Christian entertainment.
2: Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, Audio. lighting, video,
1: stage design, volunteer culture, and more.
3: Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Church Media Podcast. Glad you're here. This week's podcast is sponsored by our friends at PushPay. PushPay is the leading source for church growth, engagement, and management that helps facilitate generosity and participation. Their goal is to see millions of dollars given to the local church to serve the world and make it a better place for you and for me. To learn more, go to pushpay.com. That's pushpay.com. Check those guys out. They're awesome. All right, we have some great shows lined up for the next few weeks for you. This week, I'll wrap my conversation with Phil Battle from Westridge Church in Atlanta. Then coming up, we'll welcome Dean Sweetman and Frank Berry from Tithely. My friend, singer-songwriter Yancey will stop by. And then for our 200th episode, we'll take a look back at some of our most popular episodes and also welcome my man, my man crush, Christian music recording artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. He'll be here for our 200th episode. That's all on the way over the next few weeks. Last week, we started a two-episode series with Phil Battle. Phil is the creative arts pastor at Westridge Church in Atlanta. We're going to be wrapping up my discussion with Phil right after we pay the bills.
1: It starts with a spark. A common cause you care about. A community you want to belong to. The connection to your identity that maybe you didn't realize you needed. To feel valued and be respected. Unique. Special. To belong. As technology has changed our culture, It's also changed the very meaning of community and how people come together. At Pushpay, we exist to bring people together by strengthening community, connection, and belonging, so that you never miss a moment to connect. Because when you feel that connection, it inspires you to action, igniting that spark every day in organizations large and small to serve to give, to lead, driving participation in your churches and communities, and inspiring generosity above and beyond your wildest dreams.
3: This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach, Carl Barnhill.
0: One stat that you mentioned, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier about attention spans that in 2018, our attention span is less than that of a goldfish. So, uh, and I love the airplane oxygen mask example that you give in the book. You want to walk through that a little bit? Yeah. Um,
2: this this just stood out to me as an illustration of, of how far we've come with, with attention. So, um, I believe it was in the beginning of 2018, there was a, at the front of a plane, um, there at Boeing 737, I think there was a, a something really casual that happened that happens every time we fly, and that's the in-flight announcements. And in fact, it's my favorite part of any flight. Right? Uh, it's everybody's favorite part of of flying to hear the announcements. But I'm kidding, of course. Uh, so, but what happened is they gave the typical announcements, just like every other day. They share about what to do with if any you know emergencies happened and of course just like any time i fly nobody was paying attention and um just a few minutes into the flight um there was there was a tragic accident with with um i think a like a hole blew out and from the engine on the (laughs) side of the plane and all of a sudden a casual flight turned into an emergency and um so that's the tragedy of it but the what the the interesting takeaway from the attention side of this is while that was happening, uh, while everybody was instructed to put their oxygen mask on, uh, just like they were instructed to in the announcements, um, somebody snapped a picture and put it on Twitter. And in uh, looking at the picture, they realized not one person in that photo actually had their mask on the correct way. And so the reality for us is very similar to the church is this flight attendants had a life-saving message to communicate to everybody and nobody was paying attention because they didn't grab their attention. Um, They assumed they had it, but they didn't grab their attention in a way that they could get their message across. And so – the, the reality is very similar for us in the church is that I think often we instead of um, earning people's attention, uh, we often make the assumption that we already have it and then we lose it very quickly um, on that. So the assumptions we make around attention that people care about it as much as we do um, are really no longer the case. And so we have to rethink how we communicate to grab attention.
0: So is there a takeaway here of maybe keeping things fresh? Keeping always so it's not so rote. So, for instance, the plane announcements. I think the reason why I tune out is it's the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same exact way. But if there is a flight attendant that's that's having fun with it, yep, or that is making a joke, or dances with it, or just something that mm-hmm. keeps it constantly fresh, then oh, I. You got my attention, dude. Yep. And so now it's a message that I've heard a thousand times, but presented in a fresh way. Uh, Is there any takeaway? Well, think about
2: what think about there's one company that does this very well, and that Southwest, they don't have a, so what they do is they free up their flight attendants to have fun with it and make it personal. Yeah. And so every time I've flown on Southwest, it looks a little bit different. There's some people that are pretty boring and I'm, I'm keeping my headphones in, but when I see people that are in, I see others that are engaging them and connecting with them and they aren't assuming that people are pay, paying attention, they actually earn it and connect with people. Right. Those are the people I'm leaning into. I mean, so yeah. there's videos everywhere. Of you know the flight attendant that's gonna um, that's wrapping the announcements right. or getting people engaged and connecting with them, and all of a sudden that message that feels mundane or feels like oh, I don't need this, all the, all of a sudden becomes a message that people are leaning into and excited about. And so the, all it took was the effort of saying, I I, I don't want to assume that I have their attention. I want to earn it. I want to I want to connect with people in, in a way that's fresh and different, um, and that that's what does the trick. So we get the analogy, but let's take it one step further. So how do we keep
0: it fresh in in our church? How do we make it not so mundane every week?
2: Oh, goodness. And, uh, do how you do feel, we learn it? Yeah, in, in any, just in any message that we communicate or anything yeah. specific. In our communication in general. Yeah, I, I think that's where... I think that's where creativity comes into play. I mean that our God is a very creative God, and it, you walk out in nature. There's all kinds of things that grab and capture our attention because of how beautiful they are, about or unexpected they are, and I, I think when we when we tap into the creative gifts that God's given us, and layered into the assumption realizing that we don't want to assume that people are paying attention we want to earn it um, I, I think it's a, a mix of those things where 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 communication actually becomes fun like it becomes a a, a opportunity to really get our message across in a creative way um, and so you know some like for us it, a lot of what we try to do as a, as a you know relatively big church is we try to help people connect with the personality of our church and we tr- we want people people to know that we're real and we're authentic and we're relatable we're not trying to be you know this big stuffy church we want to connect with people and so you know for example if we're um if we're communicating christmas services that can feel like okay yeah it happens every year i get it yeah it, it can feel like that in flight announcement but what we're often trying to do is bring humor into that so we'll do a funny Office style video, where our pastor is—it's uh, all fake, but it's just fun. You know, like we'll we'll do a funny video where our pastor is saying that he wants to play, um, you know, play an instrument during our Christmas services, and so it, we create a fun office-like video out of this. And and what we've learned from that is, instead of getting our pastor up in front of a camera and just do, speaking to the camera and say, "Hey, we want to invite you to Christmas this year," it, instead of doing that, but it, and, and focusing on more of a fun Christmas style um, you know office style video we, we see people uh, we see the views go from like you know four or five hundred to sometimes 30 40 fifty thousand because that fun video is something that people connected with and they want to share and it grabbed their attention and they kept watching and yeah. so it took us just saying we're not gonna do what we've always done we're gonna look at this and say how how can we do something fresh and creative that we're energized and excited about ourselves right. so that that can uh, um, then help um, communicate that message more effectively. Right.
0: Uh, one other stat that you share is that uh, the person we're communicating with is already seeing about 10,000, huge number, uh, branded messages a day. So, uh, and we've already kind of hit on this, but how can we cut through that?
2: Um, it, you know, it, again, it comes back to assuming that, don't assume that your message is actually cutting through the noise um, yeah. on that. But I, I think the, the reality of, of any of us getting so many messages thrown at us is that it's really retraining our brains to only focus on the things that add value to us. You um, and, and that sounds selfish, but it's really just a survival mechanism we've all built. And to know um, that there's so many things thrown at us, we can only give our attention to the things that really matter. And so I, I think for us as the, as the church, um, this isn't just a communications thing. This is a this is just the heartbeat of what we are all about. I think if we communicate in a way that speaks to what we want for people, not what we want from them, we have a better chance for our message to get across and, and cut through that noise because yeah. those ten thousand messages, most of those are things that they that somebody wants from us. They want us to buy a product. They want us to attend something or, or um, you know, whatever. Like it, it's selling us something. That's not what we're here for. As the church, we there, we have a message that we want that uh, of of things that Jesus wants for them, not what he wants from them in that way. So I think that has to be our change in posture, knowing that there's so much noise to cut through that. We need to really speak first to what's going to add value to that person we're connecting with, not not communicating in a way that's just going to speak to what we need from them.
0: Right. Uh, so, how is communications more of a ministry, not a not a job? How is communications a ministry?
2: Yeah, um, it, I think that's the most overlooked area of. Communication right now. I mean, honestly, because I think it's it's definitely the most overlooked ministry. When when I think of uh, our you know our own team here, um, I mean we we get the opportunity to preach to a lot of people on on Sunday. It's a it, you know the, and that has so much value and it matters so much. Um, but the reality is, I, I, you know, so if, if we're if, if we're able to reach about four to five thousand people a week, you know, in our in our building and our in our services, the reality is also. over this last year, we reached 7.4 million people on Facebook. And that's happening outside of the walls of our church. And that's primarily run through a 21-year-old social media manager. And so the reality of that is she's getting to preach to more people than our pastor does on Sunday. And so, you know, they both matter immensely. But if—so think about that. If if we get to— we are very purposeful with how we do our sur- our Sunday services and how we preach. Well guess what we the message that we're communicating in a digital way is also probably the only gospel that they're seeing on Facebook that day. So what a great opportunity and responsibility we have to be able to use that as ministry. And so when we look at the digital platforms we have, those are not just opportunities to just promote things. Um, that's not what drives it. Our, our, what drives us is we want to continue our mission as a church to engage those spaces to be able to connect with people in that way. And so that's That means we want to write blog posts that are helpful to people that help them solve a problem they're dealing with in their lives right now. Um, We want to be using that as a way to engage people where they are, not only if they come to the front doors of a church on on that. So it takes a rethinking of our mindset to think of communication, not just as something we have to use to promote as something more as something to say this is just as much a ministry as anything else um, that we do as a church. Now, they look different, but but if we don't take uh, take uh, take hold of the opportunities we have there we're just missing out on so many opportunities to engage with people um, that God's just laid out for us I mean yeah. think about the like what would Paul have done with Twitter you know like I, I don't think he would have said hey make sure to meet us here at this you know at the gathering place today no he'd be engaging people with the gospel right there because it's just as much of a communication medium there as as preaching and so right. they all have their own unique um, opportunities and, and um, shortfalls, but they all have the opportunity to communicate the gospel that we have. So that's why it's more of a ministry and not just a service department, not just a promotional department.
0: So going back to keeping things fresh and um, just kind of thinking out of the box and, and getting people's attention, tell me about the elephant in the church series yeah. that you guys did and some of the communications that you did around that.
2: Yeah. So we, um you know, just like most churches we do a uh, we typically do our teaching through a sermon series, so a package of an uh, of an idea fleshed out through multiple weeks. And what we are really trying to do is go back to what we were talking about earlier: is we wanted to engage people um, at Easter to help help them stay connected in the weeks that followed. And so that's like our greatest opportunity to speak to the most people in our that call our church home and help them stay engaged afterwards. And so. What we were trying to do is create a um, create an idea that spoke, spoke to a felt need for people um, that would make them say, "Hey, I want to come back. I need I need to make sure we're we're prioritizing this and being that we're going to come back." So, luckily, because we were following our you know the playbook that I kind of lay about lay around in the church and uh, in the um, in the rethink communication book I did. Um, we had the time to actually brainstorm a ton of creative ideas to help leverage the opportunity we had. So in the in the weeks leading up to um, Easter, we started um, layering in this idea of that there's an elephant in the church. And so we did this for a couple of weeks where we were just teasing the idea by putting elephant stickers all over the church. And we didn't say anything about it, but we just wanted to create a little buzz to have people asking, hey, what's up with the elephant in the church? So we did that for a couple of weeks. And then we put, we built a giant, like I think 15 foot um, high elephant that we put in the middle of our atrium. And again, we didn't say anything about it. <laughs> we just put it in there. And uh, we tried to just leverage that as an opportunity to build some buzz. And, and, and as people would ask, we'd say, hey, be here next week. We're gonna talk about the elephant in the church. And so when people came back, it, not only were they just like, please just tell us what's going on here. Uh, we had that chance to say, hey, there's an elephant in the church that every everybody sees, everybody's um, thinking about, but nobody's talking about, um, and we're gonna talk about it. So submit the questions that you think Everybody in the church is thinking about, but nobody's talking about. And we're going to talk about it right after Easter, and so we use that as a chance just to connect with people and engage the questions that people were asking about depression, about anxiety, and um, you know a a number of just really uh, like hot topic um, themes that people were wrestling with. They feel like the church didn't. They didn't know what the church thought about those things. So we use that as just a way to build up to Easter as well as post Easter. And it just, it was a fun way to grab attention and connect with people in a way that I think it broke a lot of the assumptions that people had of just, oh yeah, it's just another Sunday. No, like we gave them a a reason to lean in and also to invest themselves to make sure that they knew that they could um, ask questions and actually get those questions answered in the church. Cool.
0: Yeah. I love some of the pictures that you shared and uh, that was really neat. Um, Okay. So what is the difference between, between, you talk about this urgent and important when it comes to communication mm-hmm. walk me through the difference
2: yeah so when when you think about the messages that you have in the church I mean not every not every message is of the same importance you know there every every message matters but the reality is the you know the Bible study of, of 10 people may not be as may not be as important as the opportunity you have with Easter coming up to communicate to your whole community. And so what I think what happens in the, in, especially in the area of communication is sometimes the most urgent messages, um, kind of squeeze out all the time that we, that we really need to be putting into the most important messages. So what I try to lay out in in that section is just communicate that. Uh, fairness really can't be a value in communication because not all messages are, are of the same importance. Again, every ministry matters, but it doesn't mean that every every ministry needs to be communicated from the stage. Um, it doesn't mean that every message should be crowding up your homepage. Because I think as, as people are dealing with the 10,000 messages that they're um, th- they're receiving every single day i think what they're counting on us for as the church is to say here's what's most important that we're mm-hmm. that we're doing here's what here's what we think matters to you um, that should matter to you and we want to provide clear next steps for you, for you to engage with that so we have to have some yeah. systems to be able to know what's most important
0: so i've talked with several guys about you know some people have like an 80 20 rule if it applies to 80% of the church uh, you know, uh, some guys, uh, I've talked to are, you know, we, we do one clear action step and that's it. Uh, do you land, do you have a, a landing point on how many announcements you do that sort of thing?
2: Yeah. I mean, as a broad rule, cause I think every church is slightly different. So I don't think there's one blanket rule you can use for everybody, but what, where i have found the most clarity is is i'm trying to answer for each week of the year what are the one to two things that every that we want everybody in our church to know about and respond to yeah and so um, the metrics i try to use of what would um what would what would be worth doing a stage announcement for what would be worth meeting the criteria of those one to two things is i want it to reach at least 80 percent of the audience or i want it to be a direct next step from what's being taught about So, you know, if you're you're talking about um, anxiety this week, this week in in your message, you may not talk about your care groups that you have um, every single week, but for that week, you make sure that you're communicating those things that are direct next steps from what you're teaching. So, yeah. 80% of the of the audience direct next step from teaching, or a key on rent from a ministry area. So, what I believe is like I, I don't want to tell um, that small ministry um, that's in our church to say, hey, you're not important enough to be communicated about at all, because I think in reality they are, and I want their passion to be um, they're passionate about their ministry, and I want to make sure that they know for for us as a team we, uh, that we're we care about them too. So um, what we try to do is make sure that each key ministry area, you know, in the area of like connections for us and, and groups, we know that for um, for for every group that we have in the church, we, we try to provide an on-ramp opportunity at the beginning of August and beginning of January to help people take a next step in a group. So we don't communicate about groups every single week necessarily. But diligent about letting people know about those opportunities for everybody to, to know there's a place for you in small groups, you know, and, and same thing for missions and for all those things. So as you layer those out through the 52 weeks of the year, that's where we start to build that those one to two things. And it, it ends up being pretty fluid in that way. It it, it starts to build out pretty quickly. Uh, and so that's what I found to be most helpful for us.
0: All right. So last kind of thought I want to uh, dive into with you is this idea of announcements that it's not announcements that we shouldn't do announcements anymore. We should do next steps. Mm -hmm. And, and you kind of touched on that with clear on ramp to this, Mm -hmm. here's your action step. Kind of uh, walk me through any thoughts that you have on that.
2: Yeah. I I think um, when you think about an announcement, the expectation you have is an announcement often comes out of left field. Like you're not, you you have to, it, it feels like a withdrawal from people. Um, of something that you're saying, hey, we want you to know about, uh, we got to communicate this thing. Here's what we want you to do about it. And that's often coupled with seven or eight or nine other announcements. And the reality is that all of those typically get lost in the noise. And so right. what I would encourage churches to do is to th- take those, those standards um, that you have, whatever you develop, if that's 80%, 50%, whatever it is, and simplify it to a point where you can make those feel like direct next steps from your services or from what you're doing as a church. So, you know, if there's a, what, where I challenge myself and my role as a creative arts pastor is I, I don't want people to come to any of our services and feel like they just got out of announcement time. Um, so for us, what that means is we are trying to, you know, some of the, our best announcements are the ones that don't feel like an announcement. Um, so we may communicate a, um, in our, like we have a summer camp going on for our students. So The best announcements that we're going to do are coming after sharing a video story of a student who accepted Christ at Rush Camp and saw their life completely transform and change. So we're going to share that story so that our church can celebrate that. And the next step from that is just saying, hey, if you have a student as well um, that is in, you know, sixth to twelfth grade, we would love for them to experience the the, um, the greatest week of their summer um, as well. And so it didn't feel like a, a depo- uh, like a withdrawal from them. It felt like a deposit. Mm-hmm. It felt like something, hey, I want that. I want that for my student. or I want that for myself. So what do I do about it? You know, right. so that's the next step thinking rather than announcement Good. thinking. Good.
0: Well, man, we've touched on a lot of the book. I want to encourage folks to check it out. Uh, so tell us where we can find it, how we can connect with you.
2: Yeah, you can go to rethinkcommunicationbook.com. Um, that has the, all the links for all the different places you can grab the book. Um, feel free to just jump on Amazon as well. You can search my name or um, just search Rethink Communication, and you can grab it there. But if, if you uh, love to connect with me, you can find my personal phone number at the end of the book. You can uh, text me or call me there, or you can just email me phil at com or check out my website there and all the links um, you can find there. So com. Yep.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time and this content. I think it's really going to uh, be great. It's getting out there a lot. Uh, you've had a lot of great reviews and stuff. So uh, really great to see. You. I'm glad, just happy for you. I appreciate your, your time, man.
2: Hey, thank you so much.
3: Appreciate you having me on. This has been an all access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media training. To subscribe to the show, access archive episodes, and get tons of free resources for your production team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com today.
0: Be sure to continue the conversation on our Making Sunday Happen Facebook group. We had about 200 people join the group last week when I mentioned it on the podcast, so we're growing fast. We try to keep it pretty exclusive just those people who are involved in the planning and production of the weekend worship experience. So if that is you, if you're involved in planning, executing, uh, anything involved in the worship experience, whether you're on communications, your first impressions team, guest services, production, worship leading, whether you're a pastor, any of those people who plan execute the weekend worship experience we want you in this group. It's a community for church leaders, staff, and volunteers. Just search Making Sunday Happen today on Facebook to find and join the group. Listen to more episodes of our show at thechurchmediapodcast.com. We hope and pray that we are providing practical, relevant content to you as you make Sunday happen each week at your church. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode, and you can watch my full interview with Phil on Rethinking Communication there on the show notes page for this episode. Be sure to check that out. Next week on the show, I welcome Dean Sweetman and Frank Barry from Tithely. The guys and I discuss event registration and service planning solutions. So if you need some help knowing the best way to register people for a big event, and help planning your worship experiences out. This is a great episode for you. Be sure to check that out next week. Thank you guys for listening. Go out there and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. The Church Media Podcast
3: is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.